What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Martin, with another episode of Intuitive Minds Podcast. And today's guest, we have actor, screenwriter, activist, Tonatiu. How are you, man? Hey, doing well. Thanks. Uh, thank you for being a part of this. How's your day going so far? It's going really great. Uh, it's a beautiful day here uh, in Los mm -hmm. Angeles, so mm -hmm. enjoying the, the sunshine. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually in, a, in Istanbul right now on vacation, so it's midnight over here. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I was like, you know what? I got to do it. You know, it's a part of the game, so I got to be up. I got to do it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, which is awesome. It keeps me, it keeps my creative juices going. I'm useless at night. I'm like Cinderella. Once it hits midnight, <laughs> I'm done. Really? What? Like once it hits midnight, that's it? You're like over it? Unless I'm already out, I'm not, I'm not the one. <laughs> <laughs> you're not the one. <laughs> so now break down on who you are and everything, your story, your come up and everything. Where'd you grow up? Uh, I was born here in Los Angeles. I was born in Boyle Heights. And then mm -hmm. I uh, moved to, uh, well, I moved around a lot, but mm -hmm. I ended up in West Covina. And then I went to USC for college. Mm, nice. Yeah, I've, I've, I lived in LA for a little bit. And the only thing I ate it, I mentioned this a bunch of times, is the traffic. Everything else. You know, it, you, I think after a while, you kind of get used to it. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you, you were born there, so you kind of know the ins and outs. You probably take the, the side roads instead of the highway most of the time, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, period. <laughs> now, uh, what about like growing up and everything? Like, wh What inspired you growing up? Like whether it was music, movies, or whatever, people? Um, I don't know. I was, I was always a really curious child. Like mm -hmm. I, as a kid, I, as a kid, I always had an interest in other people. I loved, uh, having conversations with others and, um, I don't know. I just loved getting to know their story and who they were. And, mm -hmm. um, I think like my mom, if, if only the little backpacks with leashes for kids existed back then, <laughs> Because like I, my mom would turn around and I'd be talking to some like random person at the mall. Like I was terrible. Uh, so you weren't like, don't talk to strangers. You're like, I'm gonna talk to strangers. I'm like, who's this stranger? You know, like when you <laughs> when you're walking at like when you're hiking and then there's like, yes. a dog and the dog's like super friendly and goes up to everyone. Like I was basically that dog. Mm, so then you would love New York because New York. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. No, New York is fun. Mm -hmm. Have you been? How long? How many times have you been there? I've been probably four or five times now. You still prefer LA or? Uh, I, I'm, I'm open to move. I'm not, I'm not close <laughs> to the idea of moving. Um, I just feel like New York is a city that, that unless you have a lot of money you, or you're really young, it's just not awesome. Yeah. It's one of those. Yeah. Cause like you, it's a, what? 2,500 to live in a box. Yeah, but at this point, I'm like with gas prices in LA, it may be just cheaper to pay a box to pay like to pay. I think you you pay one twenty per month for a metro car. Yeah, exactly. So and I, we're playing we're paying one twenty per pump a week. I heard it's like six seven dollars, right? Like Beverly Hills it's like is like seven dollars. Yeah, Jesus. Did you ever watch the movie I Am Legend with uh, Will yes. Smith? Yes. Yeah, they there was a scene in it where they he's walking by a gas station and the prices were like six thirty, and it was like you like it was like oh my god, catastrophic prices. Like imagine, yeah. and then cut to <laughs> cut to today, cut to real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 crazy. I mean, those are normal prices in Europe, like seven eight dollars a gallon. Those are like normal prices in Europe. So like three dollars, four dollars to a European in America is like that's a joke. So like, but it's also the market cap. There's a different market bracket over there. Um, but also like, 
you have better public transportation. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah, it's it's completely different. Everything is high priced over here. It's different. Yeah. It's completely different. Uh, now, what transpired you to get into acting? Because you you went to UCLA for uh, to study immigration laws. So I, I I didn't go to UCLA. I uh, got accepted to UCLA ah. uh, with a full ride to study political science. Mm -hmm. um, and I also got accepted to USC to study acting. And so I nice. made the very LA choice between UCLA <laughs> and USC. And it worked. Um, and it, I mean, it's working. I don't know. Maybe in some metaverse, I'm happier in practicing law at some firm. I, who knows? Mm -hmm. But... Uh, mm -hmm. There's no way of knowing that alternative, right? You, you ever you ever thinking of going back at all, or someday, or to school? Yeah, to like to to, to for a lawyer. Or is it too late now? Ah, uh, well, you know, it's funny. I, a friend of mine was going through law school um, mm -hmm. for the last couple of years, and he just graduated. And we would talk about his papers and the stuff that he was learning. So I think. Mm -hmm. Honestly, if if I could do any profession, and I, I think we were later going to talk about it, but I. I think I would just be a perpetual student. Like if, 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 if someone would pay me to just constantly be learning things that interested me, yes. I would probably just be a perpetual student. Mm -hmm. What are some things that interest you outside of acting? Um, I love linguistics. Nice. Okay. Um, that was a lot of fun. I loved, I took a course, uh, it was an introduction to Islam, uh, back in college. And that was super cool. Like, understanding because i i know i knew very little about that faith right yeah 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 um and it was a general ed class that they were offering and i thought like how cool you know and it was a historical contextualization of mm -hmm. um how islam was or how the muslim faith was was born yeah. and mm -hmm. it covered everything from um judaism into islam mm -hmm. into the muslim brotherhood and uh 2001 um terrorist attack and so like it was just fascinating to like mm -hmm. see the evolution and the different like sunnas and hadiths and yeah um the differences between like a sunni and a shiite and yeah and anyway, it was just fun i think like i just i love learning truly yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, I could tell i could tell you're just like you said if you pay me to learn I'm, I'm i'm in front of a book or a computer do you read a lot or is that something you do a lot are you a reader i okay i think uh, in theory, I would love to say I do read a lot. <laughs> in theory, I have a lot of books sitting next to my bed. Mm -hmm. um, I The pandemic messed with my attention span. Really? It, yeah, man. Like, I think there wasn't a lot to do for a little bit. And so mm -hmm. I became addicted to TikTok and Instagram. And mm -hmm. um, so it's it's a little bit hard for me sometimes to like sit still. Mm -hmm. Um, so what I've realized is I literally feel like a child sometimes where I have to put a little timer on my phone and after like eight o'clock at night, I can't see it anymore. And so that frees up a little bit more time for me to read mm -hmm. and just be a person, you know, do, do you usually put like, cause I usually put music, like I put jazz in the background when I read a book and that kind of helps me get into the book even more kind of visualize it, you know, kind of have a music when you're, you know, how a scene has music behind it. That's yeah, totally. How, that's how it's maybe sometimes music. Do you do music at all or with it or just like straight read on quiet? Sometimes I can do music. I just don't like anything with lyrics because then yeah. I'll probably end up listening to the lyrics. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Jazz is the perfect one because there's no lyrics. It's just complete mm -hmm. jazz and just kind of, it depends on the book that you're reading as well. 
you know? Nice, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about like acting books? Like, do you have a lot of those as well? Like acting technique books? Um, I mean, I do have a lot of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's funny, I, I hadn't picked one up in several years, but when I booked Promised Land, there was a hunger for questions. And so I started, I started picking them back up to just see if something in there would inspire me to go in a little deeper in mm -hmm. the character. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I usually go to Meisner. Meisner is my go-to oh. when I do acting. Yeah. Like Meisner is like very, cause you know, Meisner is very personal, very no emo Like there's no acting in it. It's just pure emotion. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. It's, I'm not a huge fan of Meisner personally, but I think, so here's my philosophy and I've had this conversation with other actors because right. like people come up to me and they'll ask me like, what classes are you taking or mm -hmm. who did you study or whatever? And I usually say, what's your weakness? There you go. Like, what's your weak? Like, what are you looking to strengthen? Mm -hmm. Right. And because, uh, you know, if we go back into the Stanislavski of it all, right. Mm -hmm. He, he formalized a type of pedagogy around the, 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 the purpose of a character and sitting at the table and asking yep. questions and not doing tropes or like there used to be acting books where it's like this facial expression means this yes. and this posture means that. But then his students, like anywhere from um, Meisner, of course, uh, Strasberg, or um, they all had their own weaknesses that they had to overcome. And so someone once, I forgot which interview or what book I read this in, but they were saying that Meisner was actually, him as a person was really quiet and reserved and detached. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so he had to learn to break into his emotions. But someone like uh, Adler, she was this gregarious, yep. like histrionic person mm -hmm. who needed to learn stillness and body control because she was just all over the place. And so when you look at their pedagogy, it's almost like it, it just echoes what their lessons were in life. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's where I like my lessons weren't, I, baby, if you want me to cry, I can cry in a second. Like that's yeah, not a problem. It's easy. Yeah, that's like the easiest thing ever. Yeah. But for some people, it isn't, right? Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I might have to yeah. take that back. I might have to take that back. It's not. It's not easy. <laughs> um, for some people, for some people, it's yeah, not. It depends. Depends on the baggage. You know what I mean? How much can you pull from the past? Well, but even that, even that, there's a distinction because mm -hmm. some people use substitution. Right. I usually don't. I I've worked very hard to work through my bullshit. Um, I don't want to bring my own bullshit back into my characters because that's not helpful. Right. There's a there's a technique, I forget who coined it, but the imaginary if. So I just really lean into um I really just lean into the imagined circumstances. Mm -hmm. uh, and with Promised Land, I did something different that I had never done before. Mm -hmm. I took each actor who was my family and I hung out with them one-on-one. -on -one just to like get a sense of what their energy was. Mm -hmm. And there was one point where uh, John Ortiz and Cecilia Suarez were, mm -hmm. we all three of us were rehearsing and we were just chatting and the two of them broke off into another conversation and they weren't paying attention to me because I wasn't um, a part of that conversation. Right. Right. But I was looking at John and I was like, Oh, he's sitting right in front of me. Let me, start doing some of my imagination work on him since I have his body right here in front right. of me. Mm -hmm. And so I just started imagining 
the story and imagining the backstory and the history and the pain and the love and allowing my mind to be taken over by it. And I started sobbing. Like, I just, I mean, I wasn't like hyperventilating or anything, right, but right. Tears, <laughs> tears were falling from my face. And I was so lost in like a bit of a trance that John eventually looks at me and he's like, are you okay? You know? <laughs> yeah. And I literally was just like, oh, I'm so sorry, John. I'm, yeah, that's yeah. just part of my process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's, what's, uh, what's something you've picked up working with John Ortiz? Because that guy is, you know, he's a legend in, in his own. Oh, my goodness. No, John is a beast, man. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where to begin. <laughs> As a person, John Ortiz is like the sweetest guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's so welcoming and he's kind. He's hilarious. Um, but as soon as they call action and cut, man, he just jumps right into Flips. it and like, mm-hmm. yeah, on a dime. And it was, it's just so impressive. And there's a, there's a certain level of, um, I think because he came from the theater and he has uh, mm-hmm. all that experience with the labyrinth theater and building community. Um, he not only was our number one on the call sheet, you know, like the lead of our show, right. but he really took on this leadership position and created an environment where he looked out for all of us, mm-hmm. you know, and he advocated quite hard, um, for the respect of the work. Like everyone has deserves respect and everyone like all departments, um, are needed, Mm -hmm. but the, all the departments are there to capture this moment. Right. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and so once the, once the moment's there, Mm -hmm. he really advocated for reverence to allow it to be like, let the attention be there between Mm -hmm. the action and the cut. Mm -hmm. Um, and he even went as far as, um, asking ABC for rehearsals, not in television. What's funny, like rehearsals are blocking. It's just marking. Blocking, There's no, exactly. it's not, it's not a rehearsal, mm-hmm. in, you know, not in the theater sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but we asked for private actor rehearsals that the writer or the director could come to if they wanted. That was voluntary. Uh, and it was all voluntary, but almost all the cast showed up every week to read every script and we would talk about it and have reactions. And if we had a question or a doubt or something didn't make sense, we were because of our showrunner, Matt Lopez, uh, and his collaborative nature, uh, we were able to propose questions and even propose ideas, which saved us time the day of, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, that's one of the things that I learned from John was to kind of to be unapologetic about asking for the things that you need. Yeah. I think that's a little bit of a, a theater. That's like theater talk. It's a complete, because I feel like if the more theater you do, the more your, your acting tool is sharpened. I feel like theater, sure, yeah. it's a very, cause I think, I think Al Pacino still does theater. Like, I think he still does theater just to keep his uh, mind sharp and his, his tools sharp. It's a, very, it's a different beast. It's a, Completely, because in the film, a camera can lie, you know, and in theater, you can't lie. Your body movements, your every everybody sees that, you know, cameras can be, the film can be edited, uh, how, how it can, you know what I mean? So theater is like, you're open, your body has to be open, your vocals have to be up, you know, you have to face the stage and stuff yeah. like that. A lot of blocking. 
a lot of a lot of blocking you have to be aware of now uh obviously promised land is is something that's very familiar and how much of that did hit home for you because you come from an immigrant family as well how much of that did hit home for you quite a lot actually my um yeah my, i do come from an immigrant family and you know i the present day storyline feels more foreign to me right but the immigrant storyline feels more home mm -hmm. um the character young letty um who's played by katya she is an incredible actress and i fell in love with not just her but her care the way that she portrays this character with such heart and love um and i think <clears throat> the night that we the night that the pilot premiered we were going to have a premiere party but it um we weren't able to because covid like omicron yeah. was rampant um but i invited a few a few people in my family and a, a couple of close friends to my house and my mom was there and she was she didn't know the story she didn't know anything and she watched the first five minutes of the show when they were crossing the border and having a conversation and um and she turned to me and she said this feels familiar and then she wept mm. and i cried i was just like what yeah. the hell I mean, it's really, it really is a testament to sometimes it's hard to be seen yes. uh, in a country with this many people. Mm -hmm. And after a couple, you know, after four years of being told um, that we're rapists and, you know, thugs and watching people yeah. who look just like our younger brothers and sisters being thrown into cages and separated from their mm -hmm. family, which they're still in now. Um, it takes a toll on you psychologically. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you, you were, you originally wanted to go to UCLA to learn immigration laws due to your family, correct? Am I correct in that portion? Or? Um, I didn't necessarily. I was going to study political science. I didn't really have uh, a focus. Right. But um, yeah, it. I was originally going to go to study law. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now, uh, you you had mentioned in one interview that you use acting as a defense mechanism. Elaborate a little bit on that. Mm, so that's not what I said. Okay. I said um, it was a joke, uh, but it, basically they said, uh, "What in, what inspired you to become an actor?" And I was like, "Oh, trauma, girl." You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. okay. Meaning, like, you know, when you're, I mean, just as a person of color, as a femme person, as a um, anything that deviates from the cis white heteronormative world, mm -hmm. um, you have to learn how to code switch, which is just another fancy word for you gotta, you gotta act, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, we all do it. We do it subconsciously. Exactly. Uh, sometimes we'll we talk one way with our friends and then we go to the work setting and we have a work voice, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's what initially it, it felt like a survival technique because right, yeah. when I was younger, uh, I was bullied a lot. And so I was intelligent. So I was able to say, okay, well, they don't like the following behavior. I can amend it here and change this there. And then eventually you learn to do it professionally. Yeah. It comes with a check. <laughs> it comes. Listen, in, United, in the United States, where you can uh, make a buck out of anything, turn your trauma into some money. It, it, exactly. That's, yeah, I'm going to have to, yeah, that's, that's true. That's very, very true. Uh, do, you, 
Do you know the work of George Carlin? Somewhat, a little bit, a little bit. He's he's one of my favorite comedians. I like sometimes my comedy can be a little bit um, abrasive to people who aren't used to his yeah, type yeah, of comedy, yeah, but yeah, yeah. that's like a very George Carlin joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He some the uh, only joke I remember him was talking about. Uh, having a strong immune system, go out there and get germs. Like that was, I forgot what it was. It was a send, send up he did about like having germs in your, in your body, da, 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 helps protect you more. Like quit being a bitch and da, 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 stop. It was one of those. I forgot which stand up it was. It was really- oh, my, my favorite of his is, um, they call it the American dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what up? Do you have any other favorite comedians? Or is that's just him. That's it right there. George Carlin. Um, I, well, yeah. One other one of my favorites is Bianca Del Rio. Nice. Okay. Yes. I don't know if you know who that is. Yeah, she's awesome. I love her. She's, but she's horrible. She's horrible. But it's yeah. it's hilarious. I mean, it's you the know, truth. It's, the truth can never be considered disrespect. I'm sorry. I I like hyperbolic farcical mm-hmm. comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even on set on Promised Land, it's a, you know you get a bunch of Latinos together. HR goes right <laughs> out the window. Um, we were just cracking, we were slam dunking jokes on each other left and right. I mean, mm-hmm. well, that also helps the dynamic on the set. You know what I mean? It helps you get easier with the lines and everything. It's good to have the dynamic. I think it really helped with creating the sense of family. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Cause yeah. you guys keep in contact, uh, consistently, I'm assuming. Oh, I'm seeing them tonight. I'm seeing them. In- there, there, there you go. There you go. Four uh, hours Exactly. Uh, now, growing up, you used to go to your mom's beauty salon where she worked and people would come in and tell stories. Do you remember what's like a specific story you remember hearing when you used to go in there? Oh, I mean, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, husbands cheating on their wives, <laughs> husbands. Um, I mean, you would hear all kinds of. All, I mean, people I don't know what it is about the beauty salon, but people just love it's like a, it's. It's it's like the neo confessional booth, you know. You're not being absolved of anything, and you're not. You don't have to say ten hail marys, but you get a nice haircut and a perm after it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like barbershops, like regular barbershop talk. It's like if you go to a New York barbershop talk, it's like it's it's everything's out the window. So much shit happens. So much. Oh yeah. It's it's like war stories. It's like trading war stories in, in, in a barbershop. It's, it's great. Exactly. Yeah, it's great. Uh, you also are screenwriters. I mentioned before, what can we expect from you on that aspect? Do you have anything r- written already or are you working on something? Yeah. So I just sold a script called Las Hadas Padrinas, which is mm-hmm. the fairy godfathers. Um, and I sold it to this amazing corporate uh, like company called uh, Harley & Co. Um, I'm currently working on my second draft of the script. I just got notes yesterday. Um, and it's going to be, I think recording at the end of the month. Um, it's a podcast play. I just love it. We, we went full circle. We started off on radio and now we're back on radio, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's the, that's the latest project that, that mm-hmm. I'm currently working on. Do you have a specific favorite genre that you like or? Uh, not particularly. Right. No, I, I think, I love character-based things. Um, mm-hmm. Like my my work isn't really spectacle-based, or it's not like heavy action is happening. Right, right, but right. 
there's a lot of social commentary in the way that the characters interact with one another. Um, it's just so funny because there was an, my last semester at USC, I took a directing class and, um, I had this experiment where I was swapping different people in that, in the class to play different characters and the social implications that came up because of the way that they looked because of the height differences, because of race, because of, um, pretty privilege. I mean, call it whatever you want, but mm -hmm. it, it, there was different social commentary just by swapping in a person with a different person. And so for me, I, I, with my work, I, I'm constantly thinking about the different ways that we're slightly oppressing each other mm -hmm. on the micro level and, uh, amping up the volume so that we're more aware of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now the next question is if your life had a soundtrack, which three tracks would you pick? Oh man. Uh, ah, I don't know. <laughs> That's hard. Mm -hmm. What are you feeling like this week? For example, what have you, what, what have, what has been in rotation? Let's go from there. I mean, a constant rotation for me, uh, SZA, nice. Kalani, um, I like Maluma, um, Jasmine Sullivan. Oh, great. I love her. Like, I just, I really do live in the, first of all, I'm really attracted to female voices. So like, I usually don't listen to a lot of male voices. Mm -hmm. Uh, Megan the Stallion and Dua Lipa just dropped a song today, so I have to listen to that. Um, <laughs> but I, I love neo soul R and B, um, and I also oh, am a huge fan of musicals. So you would probably like uh, Snow Allegra. Oh, I don't know them. Yeah, Snow Allegra is a is a lady. She's um, She's signed to Rock Nation, but she kind of has that neo soul music as well. She looks like Sade. People were, she looks like Sade. Like people are comparing her to Sade. And I'm like, just because she looks like her, it's not her. Trust me. You could never be Sade. I did. Sade's amazing. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Go ahead. You were saying. I know, I know Snow the product. Snow. Now Snow. that is. Oh, yes. man. If you want some like. She pops the hell off, brother. Like she yeah. out here doing the damn thing. Like she don't give a crap. Yeah. <laughs> she's fun. That's crazy. No, you definitely have to get into Snow Allegra if you're into that neo soul um type of stuff. Cause that's what I'm into. I listen to a lot of that stuff. It's just soothing to the ear. You know what I mean? You you get to do so much stuff around the house. It's good music for house cleaning for me at least. Do you, uh, I mean there's SZA, her album CTRL out of control yeah it's great. need you for the old me need you like what like she's just ah her repetition yeah. is just incredible <laughs> now uh, outside of everything that you do what are some hobbies you like to do um i'm not gonna lie a lot since covid all my hobbies kind of fell by the wayside but oh, yeah i loved uh hiking i love hiking yeah. I, I will never be in the house like if if i I'm like that dog that as soon as the doors open, I'm out. Um, <laughs> I love to hike on the mountains. I love to travel. I love uh, dancing, salsa dancing, mm -hmm. um, capoeira, the Brazilian martial art. I used to do that mm -hmm. for a little bit. 
Um, I used to do acro yoga for two years consistently, mm-hmm. um, which is like a partner-based yoga. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Um, very LA, very LA. All of those points are very, very hiking, yoga, all of that. Yeah, I mean, acro yoga is a little bit, it is very, it's, there's a lot of like, like there's some acro yoga people in Portland and yeah, 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 yeah. New York too, but mm-hmm. that one's more like circus stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love escape rooms. Those are a lot oh, of fun. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Okay, yeah. And yeah, which, uh, which uh, canyon do you usually hike or used to hike? Mm, growing up, I would go to Chantry Flats a lot. It's over um, in the San Gabriel Mountains. I also like Bridge to Nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, Mount Baldy, if like I want to spend the whole day there. Um, and then Los Leones, which is basically like the... It's the equivalent of Runyon on the west side. Oh, okay. Because I only – what's that one next to Runyon Canyon? It's, it's a Griffin? smaller fry, – frying? Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's more of an easy one. That's if you're like a beginner hiker. That's like the easy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's like the wishing tree or the wisdom mm-hmm. tree. And then there's that. And there's – because you can go from the wisdom tree to the Hollywood sign. Mm-hmm. You can definitely, it's like an hour and a half. Those are the only hikes I did when I lived in LA. I was, that was it for me. I was like, I'm good. And then, uh, yeah, that was it for me. Um, now, you, you're obviously openly gay and also an activist for LGBTQI, a community member. And that was frowned upon in the beginning at some point. But then, and then you were picked on because of it. Um, and now it's not frowned upon. What's something that, from that experience that you sometimes take and then you apply it into your acting? What do you mean it was frowned upon? Like in like the 90s and 80s, like it was like there wasn't too much on in the, in the TV. It was frowned upon. Oh, like being queer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think I have the privilege of uh, being born past like the hyper homophobia. Although look at what's happening to Texas and Florida. Yeah. So who's yeah. to say? Yeah. But um. I don't know. It's been, it's, it's interesting. It's just an interesting challenge because it's not, it's not something that you choose. It's just, right, kind exactly, of who yeah, you, are, yeah. you know, and so to discriminate, to face any kind of discrimination, um, or to be shamed for existing, um, seems ludicrous. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I guess the second part of your question is how do I apply that to, yeah, your my work. Yeah. Um <clears throat> if you think about it humans are con- like everyone is shamed for different things. Mm-hmm. Or they have shame for different things if they don't like mazel, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you do it? Can I have your life? But um <laughs> so I oftentimes when I am analyzing a character I try to find out something that they're afraid of or something that they're ashamed of. And don't want the rest of the world to find out and then build a story around that. Um, Because usually people are motivated through sometimes fear, like fear is a big motivator for people. Mm -hmm. So like Mm -hmm. someone who's deathly afraid of being poor or being powerless will probably hoard money and seek power. Someone who's constantly afraid of being betrayed is probably doing the betraying or the abandoning. True, true. Okay. 
So that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, what process do you go through when you first get the script? Um, have I booked the role or is this before I booked the role? Uh, let's say you booked the role. Okay. So if I book the role, um, I'll probably just go through it really quickly and highlight everything in my favorite color, orange. And so all my lines are in orange. And I just do a little quick pass just to highlight them. Mm-hmm. And then I'll start writing down the facts, like the things that cannot change. So if they say, oh, my mom abandoned me, I'll be like, okay, mother abandoned me. Um, any, And then I'll write down relationships. So like um, I mentioned this person. I mentioned that person. I mentioned this. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. So now we understand that these people live in my world. And then I look at the end critically and see where I land. And then I look at the beginning and see where I started. And so noticing the evolution between where I began and where I ended and then being curious as to what led me there. Mm -hmm. Then I'll look at each individual scene several times to see how they got me there. Um, And then I'll just start dreaming. I'll start thinking about recently. I, I haven't done this, but I did it with promised land, but I then reach out to the department heads of the show or the script, I mean, or the film. And I asked them for a meeting, you know, 15, 20 minutes to see what their vision is for the character. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I share with them my vision of who I think the character is. And we just play, you know, like uh, Maya Lieberman, who did um, the costumes for Promised Land was just an incredible collaborator. And she came like literally she had a vision board of the costumes of what she saw Antonio in. And I brought a vision board and they almost were the exact same thing. And I was just like, perfect. It's awesome. And then we play with little things like one character, he grew up very Catholic. And so I was like, oh, uh, well, we need the first communion cross. Mm -hmm. We should probably get that for them. Or so, yeah, that's, that's kind of how the process (laughs) went. And um, with, with promised land, I had to do something that I'd never done before, which was I basically created a spreadsheet of all the information that I discovered and at what scene I discovered it in chronological order, because at one point due to COVID, we were shooting about three or four episodes at the exact same time. Whoa. Um, Yo. (laughs) And that was, it was challenging because in the morning we would have two scenes in episode six and then the afternoon we have two scenes in episode eight or you know, vice did, versa. Did that, did that mess up your emotions? Sorry to cut you off. Did that mess up with your emotions going from one scene to another? A little bit um, or no? Uh, I saw it more like a challenge. I didn't really think of it besides anything of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure what messed up with my emotions means. Like, did it mess up my focus? Like, like, like for, no, no, no. Like, for example, like, one scene is a happy scene, and then you have to go to a sad scene, and then you have to go to, a, uh, you know what I mean? Those those types of emotions, like, transitioning emotions from scene to scene, because you said you shot, like, four episodes. No, I don't think that... It, no, I'm pretty good at being able to uh, shake off the moment. Okay. Um, okay. What, what was difficult, uh, or a challenge was the nuances of the performance, because I'd have to remind myself, does this person know this information at this time? Are we, is this before we fought or after we fought? Right. It's like, 
And then even not just for me, there was one time where we were placed in a certain, like certain characters were standing next to each other. And it got to the point where I was like, no, this can't, we can't be standing like this. Mm-hmm. And they, and they said, why? And I said, well, they just fought and I'm trying to get this from them. And eventually this is going to happen here. Mm-hmm. So I think if I stand here and they stand there and we stand here, then we'll be able to, it'll be true. Mm-hmm. So that, that was a bit of more of a challenge. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you use method acting at all? Are you at all or sometimes nothing? So yes, I kind of do. Um, I kind of went method for Antonio, mm-hmm. um, which was really hard for me. Uh, I was able to, I was trying to do, so my, my, what I created for Antonio and his internal psyche was, uh, he was really traumatized Mm -hmm. and he was dealing with a lot. And, Mm -hmm. um, although he wanted to feel safe amongst his family, he couldn't because he was so betrayed by them. And so, um, it was hard for me like I, I found myself thinking paranoid thoughts, mm. you know? Okay. Okay. Like yeah. the cast and I got along, we were all friends, but I like in the back of my mind, I was like, what's happening? Is yeah. something going on? Like, you know what I mean? And I was like, wait, why am I tripping? Like mm-hmm. these people are awesome. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Oh, right. Because for the whole day I've been thinking, Oh, this person's going to get me. Oh, this person's going to get me. Oh, I'm gonna yeah. do this. You know? And so I, I had to, I had to create like a just small ritual for myself to just calm myself down, play some music to remind myself that like, that was pretend. And it, you know, it surprisingly gets you, it gets to you. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. Like, you know, one day I, I came home and I was super stressed out and I called my mom and I was like, I don't, I feel horrible. And she's like, why? What happened? And I was like, oh, we were just working today. And I was like, oh, right. We were fighting. A, like the scene was a fighting You're, scene. It's hard to break out of the character. Well, it's not just the character. There's a there's an expression. The mind speaks language, but the body talks body, right? That's and so exact. although my mind is aware that this is pretend and that it's not really happening, my body's nervous system doesn't know that this is fake. True. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, uh, can, it can be tricky. It can be tricky, depending on the person. Yeah. It, it depends. Yeah, it depends on the, what's what's next for you. What do you have coming up next? Well, um, yeah, like I said, I brought up uh, Las Hadas Padrinas. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be recording um, at the end of the month, and then we're going to – they'll be editing it, and it'll probably be released um, uh, later on this year, which is super exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, Angeline, another show that I was that I shot last year with Emmy Rossum, Martin Freeman, and Hamish Linklater, nice. um, is going to be coming out uh, May nineteenth. How was that experience? Oh my goodness, it was awesome. <laughs> I was going to say that sounds like an awesome experience. Oh yeah, I mean, I had the honor of like I just love anything where I don't play myself or even anything not close to myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And they aged me uh, to late 50s. <laughs> nice. Okay. So I had to go, I was in prosthetics and um, 
it was just awesome. It was such a, it was yeah. such a good experience. Yeah. That's always fun. Like when you're like change, when they change your age and how you look at it, it's always fun. The, the aesthetics and everything. What's mm-hmm. like, do you have like a favorite moment that stood out to you? Uh, not that I can share. Yeah, okay. um, yeah, I would. Yeah, they don't want to ruin any of the magic. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I went a little bit ahead of myself there. See, that's no, the thing. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I'm like, well, I might need to head that out. Uh, I went a little bit ahead of myself. Now, um, towards the end of the podcast, I have these ten rapid questions that I got from inside the Actor Studios. Okay. I honor, oh, I love this questionnaire. Yeah, I honor James Lipton. The first question is, what is your favorite word? Ooh. Honestly, probably bitch. Nice. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. Fuck it. Bitch. Because it's so diverse. It's yeah, really it's, diverse. It really is. Yeah. Bitch. 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 <laughs> bitch. No, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is your least favorite word? My least favorite word. Interesting. Mm. I hate that word. I, it doesn't make It's not a real word. That's not. It's just, It's. it's been used so much that it means nothing. So when someone like if they someone comes to see my show and they go, oh, it was interesting, I'm like that means nothing. That mean oh, it's I hate you know what? Now you bring that up like when somebody like when I'm telling a topic to somebody and they're like interesting, I'm like, did you hear anything I said at all? Or yeah, or like was it interesting? Are you lying? Yeah. Are you just covering like? it's yeah. a useless word. Yeah, I've met people that they don't understand the topic and they're like interesting. I'm like, you don't get it. You don't get it at all. Yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. What turns you on in life? Um. Okay, this is a two-parter. Uh, drums. Um, like if ever I see like li- if I hear live music and there's like a percussion, my body just comes alive. Mm, uh, okay. And then telling a good story with fun people uh, really does it for me. Like I. I get tunnel visioned. I really do. Like it just gets me so excited. Mm-hmm. What turns you off in life? I dislike abuse uh, of any kind. Okay. Um, okay. I don't like uh, ch- children being abused emotionally or in any kind of way. Um, I can I can take a joke. I also know how to throw a joke really well. But there's a fine fine line between like try like purposefully trying to hurt someone, and it also really turns me off. Uh, turns me off when uh, like systems of oppression that are they don't care about other people and their experience and they're just like looking to survive that's disgusting yeah Yeah, true Um, what sound or noise do you love oh I love the sound of rain Mm -hmm. Um, or like when you're hiking in the morning and there's like birds it's like stillness but you hear the crunch of your footsteps and there's like birds chirping and i like that as well okay what sound or noise do you hate i hate so i have a a mac and uh if a little rock goes underneath my mac and i scoot it forward there's it's like it uh that sound but metal and rock Uh... together is the most disgusting it's horrible i know what you mean yeah 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 Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like that because the the way the Mac is built, that material at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, I I get what you mean. Um, What is your favorite curse word? I mean, you said your favorite word is bitch. No, no, no. That's not my favorite curse word. Fucking shit is my favorite curse word. Nice. Okay. Uh, Or chingao. That's also a really good one. Oh, chingado. Okay. Okay. (laughs) What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? 
I, you know, I would have really enjoyed to be a therapist. Okay. I think that would have been a lot of fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, or a director, which I think is in alignment with what I'm currently doing anyway. Yeah, but I was going to say, do you plan on directing at some point? or I would love to. Yeah, yeah. I would love to, to run my own show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What profession would you not like to attempt? Honestly, anything with that has to do with like Wall Street. I think that's, that must be horrible. Yeah, finance. Like, yeah, you're so rich. I mean, that's amazing. Congratulations. But like, they must be miserable. Oh no, they're they're definitely miserable. High on coke. They're definitely yeah. They don't yeah. It's it's, oh. it's a whole different ball game over there. Now, if the last one is, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Bitch, finally. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. See, there you go. You can use bitch in many forms. <laughs> I'll be like, what's up, God? It was good. <laughs> or, or better yet, God would probably be like. Why were you tripping? Chill. I like this is supposed to be fun. Relax. <laughs> uh, now, any last words you'd like to give to the people? Any shout outs? And where can they follow you on the social? For sure. Um, whoever's listening, thank you for, for listening. Truly. Um, I'm just a random person on the planet. And um, I'm really grateful that you think that this is interesting and worth your time. Um it's hard out there. There's a lot of shit happening and uh, make sure that you're taking care of your mental health um, because that's super important. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow me on all social media platforms with I am Tonatiu. That's I am T-O-N-A-T-I-U-H. And if you feel like Van Moe me too, girl, that's Telazar. T-E-L-I-Z-A-R-R. What's <laughs> up? Holla. Um, <laughs> but no, that's just that's a little comedy. That's it. That's pretty much it. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, All right, guys. This is another episode of Intuitive Minds Podcast. Peace. Peace.